0: There's a pine warbler sitting on a hollow limb. He seems to have the whole morning out right in front of him. And everything he sings, from the branch that he's sitting on, it seems to hustle leaves and the colors all around. Now, first he sings, and then he goes. And what it means, it's hard to know.
1: Today we are with Tom Weaver. Him and I met through doing ministry work through Pure Desire Ministries.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what's your official title through them? Because you have a few, you have a few roles that you play with them, right? Yeah,
2: for Pure Desires, I'm I'm a volunteer. Mm-hmm. So they have uh, regional group advisors who are scattered throughout the country and help churches kind of. Um, get groups started in their churches, as well as you know, just kind of help them with the dynamics of groups, yep. things like that. So I am the regional group advisor for Pure Desires in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic region. That's cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I found you on the map through their website, and I'll say, <laughs> wait, there's a guy nearby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Been doing that for probably, I don't know, five years or so. That's cool. Yeah. Do you get a lot of guys to reach out to you through that, or...
2: It comes in spurts. Okay. You know, it seems like sometimes there's a bunch of guys that come in, and my wife's also the RGA for uh, Mid-Atlantic for the women, too. So,
1: yeah, they come and go. Yeah. um, Sometimes more, sometimes less. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then you also run a ministry, your own ministry, called Come to the Table Ministries. So Yeah, we've been doing that for probably,
2: um, I'm guessing 2017, so five years. Okay. Yeah, roughly. That's kind of when we started. We started on our own. Um, we, we labeled that come to the table. Uh, in 2019, we had a conference where Dr. Wise from Heart to Heart Counseling Center came into our church and, and put on a big big conference at our church. Um we we kind of used that in promoting that you know starting in 2017 and and it just took from there. That's awesome. And that's what we we like come to the table. Sidewalk profits. Yeah, hear the song. Yeah, cool song. Yeah. Zach Williams does one too. So that's really why cool. you
1: chose the name from mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's
2: cool. Come to the table, all you sinners. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Nice. There's a spot for you at the table.
1: That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so just tell us a little bit about yourself. When did you move here? Have you lived here your entire life?
2: No. Um, my wife and I moved here, I think it was 2014, so that's, what, uh, eight years. Yeah. Okay. I worked for a uh, general contracting company. Uh, we were a construction management company up in the Baltimore area, mm-hmm. and i just gone to work for them, and one of their most current jobs that they got was for a school in St. Mary's County. Okay. Spring Ridge Middle School. Cool. And uh, we were just fresh into working with them, and uh, they asked me if I would be the project manager for the school down here. It was quite a distance for them and, and uh, they needed somebody to basically relocate and come down here. And my wife and I were in kind of a transitionary stage. Our kids were moving out of the house and, and um, you know we weren't tied really to anything because they were all in college. Some of them were married. So we said, hey, let's try it. So we were just selling our house up in Pennsylvania, decided to move down here and um, we were down here. They put us up for three years down here doing that project and we stayed ever since. That's we loved, awesome. loved it. Loved it so much down here. So awesome. That's a really part of the story too of how yeah. we got down here.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um and I saw that through your church you're doing like a conference coming up pretty soon or something, a men's to men.
2: Yeah, we're doing a men's retreat coming okay. up in October. Um, the twenty eighth to thirtieth. Okay, but uh, Edgewater Camp is that just Obana. through your
1: church or through?
2: That's through the ministry. Okay, through the cool. church. Yeah, which our our ministry is now through the church.
1: Okay, we okay. started
2: out just doing it on our own through groups. Uh, this January, Faith Bible Church decided to bring us on board full time, and and nice. uh, so everything we do is really through the church now. That's awesome. Yeah, Are you loving it? Oh, we love it. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, we love That's working cool. together. We can work out of our homes. We go into the church on occasion, and, uh, you know, we do a lot of groups, a lot of counseling, mm-hmm. coaching, you know. That's awesome. But man. the retreat is, is really good. It's a men's retreat. It's a fourth retreat that we're having this year in October. It's up at Camp Obana, Edgewater, Maryland. Sweet. It's a really cool time. We've got some great speakers coming again.
1: Nice. Yeah. We had some friends that got married there, right? Beautiful place, right on Chesapeake Bay. Did Jacob and Megan get married there? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. It is an awesome spot. It yeah, is. I love it. Is. It is. Um, so how long have you and Michelle been married?
2: We've been married since 1999, so that's it'll be 23 years in okay. September. Now, with that said and part of the story, you know, is we did a providential ceremony 2 years ago. Mm-hmm. It'll be 2 years in August and um so that's been 2 years and we kind of recognize that date more so as our anniversary date now gotcha. than we do I mean, we were married since 1999, September 11th, 1999, (laughs) coincidentally. But, um, yeah, we we did our providential ceremony, which was uh, um, very cool last August in uh, 2020.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think I actually saw a video of that.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's on our YouTube channel. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's
1: on... um... On your ministry channel, I think, right? Yeah, okay. come to the table ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's where I saw it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I just watched like I glimpsed that. I was like, oh, "That's you? really cool." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it pretty awesome. cool time. So, when would you say, like, on that note, when would you say your marriage kind of took a turn towards the worst at first, mm-hmm. but then now you're talking about your redemption story, so right? When right. would you say that it took a turn for the worst?
2: Well, it wasn't long after we got down here. It was, um, let's see, if we were down here in fourteen. it was 2015. Um, so it's just a little, we came down in June, it happened in August, so it was just a little over a year uh, since we moved down here. And I think that's part of the story is, you know, Michelle and I had a, I grew up in a family with, um, construction background you mm-hmm. know, my dad was a mason he had a masonry company for all of his life with his with his father and and all three of uh, us my myself and my two brothers grew up in that business worked in the business i eventually started my own business and uh, did that for 17 years Dang. and like i said that's kind of in in 2013 when times were getting tough we, we decided to close it up and that's when i went to work for that other company but okay. that yep. brought me like i said down here to maryland um, not even a year later is when my wife discovered my 16 years of of uh, a secret life that I had wow. going on during our marriage. Wow. And, uh, you know, but I believe God brought us down here for a reason, you know, because had I think we stayed up there, had we kept uh, our business going and had I not gone to work for this company, I don't think it would have worked out the way it did. But, you know, he brought us down here. The, the, it's an interesting story the way the school actually uh, came into fruition with a job. It was, it was um, supposed to go through a long-term renovation, which wasn't going to start for quite some time, but they had a fire in part of the school. So then they moved the uh, remodeliza- or v- revitalization of the school up uh, so they could do it quicker because of the fire, mm-hmm. which made us uh, coincidentally bid on it, got it, sent us down here. And uh, so we were able to come down here. And then when that was uh, – my secret life came out in 2015, You know, we were down here kind of separate from everybody else. We were kind of isolated. We didn't have a whole lot of friends yet. We weren't even connected to Faith Bible Church at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, We were just kind of muddling through it on our own trying to figure out uh, where to go. But then once that happened, um, we got connected to Faith Bible Church pretty quickly. We had actually gone to um, church – we were, we, Michelle said, uh, let's start looking for a church. And I wasn't really into it, but we went to a couple here or there and then we didn't particularly care for them or didn't give us the right, um, you know, feeding that we thought we needed. So she saw faith Bible church. So we, we swung by there one time. And the next week later was August 15th, two, August 16th, 2015 mm-hmm. when the disclosure came. Dang. And, and, um, it was amazing cause nobody really knew us there. We were only there once, maybe twice. And, um, when Michelle found out that Sunday afternoon, the next day she called the church office, and um, they didn't know who we were, and we weren't members there. And the secretary was like, "He's pretty busy. He'll we'll try and he'll try and get back to you when he can, and and uh, you know we'll see what happens." And he called her called her back within an hour, and they just they just talked for a long time, and she was able to share with somebody what was going on in in her life and the destruction she was feeling. Mm-hmm. It was it was a rough time. Dang. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So. You guys, you were saying like you didn't really have a church when you first got here. Mm-hmm. kind of floating around. Right. Um, and you say that kind of played a part in isolation or? Well, the isolation I think was came first. Okay. Uh,
2: yep. We came down here isolated from family, isolated from friends, and, and a lot of my friends were living a bad life as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that kind of got us to a safe place where we could actually start walking through this. Yeah. Um you know, she, I, I I wasn't forthcoming about this, you know, she found out. She completely found out um um accidentally and it's funny how God has a way of, you know, if if you don't get yourself clean, you know, I I have a way of exposing you and he yeah. did in a great way and and um he laid it right out there on the table, on the table. Yeah, <laughs> for Michelle. Yep. Yep. And uh she saw it all and I think Then, as we were isolated maybe from all the the surrounding voices and chaos from family and things like that, um, that's when we got connected to Faith Bible Church. That's when we started finding family there, um, and a healing journey started in that moment.
1: Okay, yeah. Yeah. So what, if you don't mind, um, you don't have to go into too much detail, but what exactly was, what did that isolation look like for you?
2: Well, I think we were just focused on the transition from, you know, it was the first time in in quite some time that both of us were away from our hometown Mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania, and um, we were married for 16 years prior to that, and uh, lived up in Pennsylvania, and, you know, surrounded by family and friends, and and then just moving down here, taking that step, um, like I don't know if it was a step of faith at that point, or just a step uh, in a career that we decided to make that move down here and see what it would be like. And you know, it was just a, us hanging out down here, and and it was just us two. Um, and our kids came down on occasion, which was great, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of we were just kind of isolated down here, um, hanging out and trying to enjoy life. And and um, but then, you know, I still wasn't of a clean and sober mind, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was removed from a lot of the toxic things that I was doing up there, but I was still actively involved in some of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, but then as it unraveled in, uh, 2015, I think, you know, we came out of that to find faith Bible, to find a church home, mm-hmm. whether it would have been faith Bible or anywhere, it just, it was, it was just miraculous to be able to find that place in such a critical crisis moment in our life. And um, so that brought us into community Mm -hmm. with a lot of good people that were very, very instrumental in in, uh, guiding us and walking with us through this journey. Yeah. At least in the beginning process anyway. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Some ways, Michelle will tell you, she says, I don't think, like, we started with Celebrate Recovery. Mm -hmm. You know, first we went to, you know, we got involved with with the pastor and he helped us uh, and and said, you got to get into Celebrate Recovery.
0: Yeah.
2: So we didn't have anything else there. So I started with Celebrate Recovery and and, and um she used to say I, I don't think they know what to do with you. <laughs> because it was it was smaller at that time but it was a good really good group but um yeah just just getting with some of those folks and having some really really good people mm-hmm. stand behind me and walk with me was was very encouraging and her as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um and so I've heard through other platforms kind of your your whole story, mm-hmm. um, but not a lot of the listeners on my podcast have heard it. Um, so would you mind going into detail about like everything going on in there in between the 16 years before she knew about it?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, it starts, you know, as we tell people, you know, and now through the ministry we help people and walk people through the journey that we had to walk through and and help them find resources that, and be a resource for them too, but... As we tell other other couples and other men and other women, is you know it starts way before it started way before those sixteen years. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's hard for a spouse to see it just started, or or that it started before. They see what happened within the marriage, mm-hmm. and yes, that is very very. That's a betrayal like no other. Um, but the reality is, it's it's sexual betrayal starts way before the marriage. Yep. Typically, yep. It, it's it's a medication for a deeper wound from somewhere else mm-hmm. and. You know, I was exposed to pornography at an early age, around eight years old. Mm -hmm. Um, Back then, you know, the hard copies, uh, it wasn't online or in your back pocket. But me and a couple friends found some, and and we got stuck on it. And, and, uh, you know, it just kind of grew from there. Got uh, sexually active at an early age. Mm -hmm. Um, Led to some different things. Um, But uh, eventually, you know, that kind of grew, and it kind of festers. You know, as any addiction, it kind of escalates in severity and it just continued to grow and I didn't know anything about it you know it was just kind of guys being guys we thought yeah well we turned out turned out it wasn't but I eventually got married to my first wife Uh, we had two beautiful daughters Um, five years in she found out that I was having affairs Um, kind of a culmination of all the porn and things and sexually acting out prior to that marriage led you know just carried right into it and everybody thinks marriage is going to take care of it you Mm -hmm. know know, i will do it once i get married well it didn't last long so uh my first wife and i got divorced uh, um and then probably about two years later i met michelle my Mm -hmm. current wife in church she knew about my past behavior she knew about my first marriage she obviously knew about my two beautiful daughters and she had a son too and but we connected really well and and um she thought she asked me all the questions, mm-hmm. all the right questions, because she knew why I got divorced from my first wife. She knew I cheated. She knew I had several affairs. Um, and she thought she'd ask every question she possibly could, and I gave her all the right answers, right. what she wanted to hear. I didn't give her the real answers or the or the uh, truthful answers. But, you know, I, I gave bits and pieces. And so she thought it was, you know, she, she met, met her Prince Charming. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got married not too long later, and... And um, for 16 years, you know, she believed that, you know, we had our ups and downs, um, like every marriage does, and adjusting to each other. But what she didn't know is my addiction continued very quickly after we got married. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it started, you know, I don't don't know that the the porn ever really, um, I'm sure it kind of dropped off a little bit, but it quickly gained momentum again. Um, and, and the activities, and like I said, the, just being out there um, with probably in an environment that wasn't healthy, um, led to more affairs, multiple affairs throughout the marriage um, that continued for long periods of time. And, um, you know, so 16 years later, she finds out that I've been living this double life.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And she was just crushed and devastated. Mm. And uh, it rocked her world obviously, uh, as it would for anybody. Um, and nothing's easy, no matter if it's just pornography. And I just say just in quotes, you can't see the quotes, but you know, it's not just pornography. It's not just masturbation. It's not just affairs or prostitution or whatever it may be. It's, Mm -hmm. they're all betrayal of some sort and they just crush your spouse like nothing else. Um, and it crushed her. It crushed her. And, uh, going through that and, and like I said, getting into a community of good people to help us uh, and and godly men to help me Mm -hmm. was the starting point of the journey from there. Um, But the way it did come out was was, it was a God thing. You know, and and we hear these stories a lot now how people get discovered in their addictions. And, you know, cell phones are good and cell phones are bad. And God can use cell phones, too, Mm -hmm. because that's where she found pictures. That's where she found texts. That's where she found emails. Uh, so on a Sunday afternoon, we're thinking we're having a good Sunday afternoon. And then she looks at my phone and sees something on there that, uh, really shocked her.
1: Oh, wow. So yeah. she, she just kind of picked up your phone. Yep.
2: Wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dang. She found it and, uh, asked me questions. And of course I lied. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she asked me more questions and of course I lied. And mm-hmm. you know, I, we didn't know what disclosure was at that point. We didn't know, you know, how to navigate through that, or I didn't. And, you know, I just wanted to preserve myself. I didn't, I wanted to, you know, save myself and and I continued to lie to try and protect my own image and things like that. But, uh, you you know, like I said, we came down here for work and and after that, um, the computer I had from my old company, we brought down here with us. Mm -hmm. So at some point through this process, you know, she wanted to see this old computer and she looked, started looking through things, and she found things on that computer that I never would have remembered to tell her, mm-hmm. that I never you know, really thought a lot about, but she could see patterns of my behavior. She could see things that, you know, were just amazing um, in her eyes to see the depth mm-hmm. of the darkness of my behavior. Mm-hmm. You know and, then, and this wasn't stuff I was telling her. you know this was stuff she had to find out on her own. So if there's anything I would say to somebody is to go through the process of sharing, disclosing, not, not, um, partial disclosure, mm-hmm. not a partial confession, yep. but a full out disclosure because we can, most wives can handle the truth. They can't handle the lies like I did over and over right. again, you right. know, it just continues to hurt them. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we continued the process and, and, uh, yeah, you know, Pastor said she needs to know everything. She needs to see the computer, and, and and I tried. I gave her the computer, and she started looking, like I said. And then um, I went through a step study and did my step four and did my moral fearless inventory, and and then I started to give that to her, and and gave that as my disclosure to try to give her all the truth that I could. But you know, it it, it just came out in bits and pieces over time too, mm-hmm. and uh, up until you know we started these groups and getting help and, um, starting our own groups and Mm -hmm. learning what recovery was like and taking polygraphs and doing disclosures and, you know, doing what we need to do.
1: Dang. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, that was my biggest problem too. Um, before marriage was that I would tell Chris about the pornography addiction, but I didn't really ever tell her how bad it was, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, it was kind of just being like, Oh, you know, it's, it's fine though. Like I'm, I can I, stop I got, anytime. I right? got figure it figured out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. But then realizing like the more and more that I tried, I actually couldn't do it mm-hmm. on my own. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, yeah. Just when you're talking about going alongside with brothers mm-hmm. is key. I mm-hmm. think to our healing. Definitely. Um. Not having that is. Uh, to me, I think it's impossible mm-hmm. to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Healed in community, James five sixteen. Yep. 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 So like, yeah, that was the biggest thing for me. Having a brother come by my side and being mm-hmm. like, "Man, we got to do this." Mm-hmm. And I remember telling him, "I was like, man, like I'm not, I'm not doing the group thing. Like that's just yeah. that's just weird. Like yeah. I don't want to do a group. <laughs> right. Right. You don't want other people to know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and then is. then he was like, "Oh, dude, it's fine. No, like." The guy who's running the group is is an elder, and I'm like, oh, dude, heck no! <laughs> I was like, I know him, like mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he said it in a really nice way, he was like, well, like do you do you want to like heal from this? Like you're about to get married. Like do you want this to just tear you down in your marriage? Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang! <laughs> I was like, you're right. Like yeah. we need to do this thing. We got to do the whole group thing. Yeah, we gotta, but not having him. I don't think I ever would have done it. I think God sent him because he realized mm-hmm. that I had so much pride built mm-hmm. up in me that I was like, I can do this on my own. Yeah. I can do this. Even though I've been trying to stop doing it on my own for yeah. six, seven, eight years, whatever it has been mm-hmm. since I started. And um, yeah, it's just not possible without yeah. that community, without we, those guys. <laughs> we believe the lie that we can stop on our own. Yeah. We believe that we'll stop anytime we want. And
2: yep. how many times have we tried and haven't? Exactly. You know? And how many times we probably. Either gotten caught and, and talked it through with her, yep. or or we've almost gotten caught yep. and uh, worked our way through it. And yeah, I'll stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said that for fifty years. <laughs> it took God opening my wife's eyes to my addiction mm-hmm. until I finally stopped.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and um, yeah, it's been seven years. No, next month will be seven years. Mm. But
1: That's yeah, powerful. I think
2: shame shame really drives this train. You know, because yep. we start so early. And, you know, it gets its hooks in us and we're as deep as our darkest secrets, you know, like it says in pillars, you know, yep. and, and we are, if we keep them secret, And you know, we talk a lot about the intimacy pyramid and the base of the intimacy pyramid is, is truth. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if we can't have some people that we can tell the truth to and be open and honest, some guys, some brothers that are going to talk with us and talk to us, mm-hmm. you know, and honestly call us out if we need to be called out, you know, that's what we need. Yep. And uh, otherwise, we tried to do it alone. We Not both know work. what that likes. Yep, that's what that's <laughs> like. yeah,
1: it doesn't work at all. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to go into you. You'd mentioned the shame thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what keeps pornography such a hidden thing in mm-hmm. the church. Would you say? Would you agree oh, yeah. with that? Yeah. Like, and I'm just trying to figure out, like, how can we get past that? How can we? Mm-hmm. How can we break the shame that's created around this topic? Um, in so many of our churches, mm-hmm. I think your church is doing a great job mm-hmm. at breaking it, but in, in bigger churches, and, and it's just a topic that people ignore. Yeah. So, like, how yeah. do we how do we get around I mean,
2: it? It, it? It is such a tough topic to talk about. It's such a tough topic to get through, um, you know, in church. You know, it's so prevalent in mainstream society. Mm-hmm. You know, it's socially accepted. It's in your back pocket. You have access to it. Our kids have access to it anytime they want.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, you know, even, even the kids nowadays are like, you know, the, the girls are finding out they're watching porn because they want to know what their boyfriend's like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and got to keep up with the times. And, you know, it, it's it's providing that safe environment for people to talk about it. But, you, you know, every church is has that wall up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't want to come forward because of that shame. You know, there's there's people sitting in the pews that are, you know, Michelle and I may be up announcing a, a group that's starting or something like that, and there may be people sitting in the church that, you know, one of the first guys that came to me, and I won't mention his name, but one of the first guys that started a group with us, um, when we made, he, he told me, he said, when we made the first announcement for one of the groups, he says, that's not me. And, and even knowing that he was having an affair in the background. Mm-hmm but he was not going to go to that group because he felt that wasn't him. Mm-hmm. There's so many different dynamics to this. It's porn, it's masturbation, it's, it's affairs, it's sexual abuse, the shame of maybe they, somebody was abused when they were a kid or something like that, and the thoughts, you know, whether it's transgender nowadays or, or what it may be. There's so many different things, same-sex attraction, you know, it's, yep. all, it's all the same. It's a medication for something else, and it's, yep. it's the shame that keeps us in the dark because we don't want to tell somebody about what happened to us. And what we're doing because of that. a lot of times we live, relive the trauma of our past, yep. and a lot of people think it's just trauma too. Mm-hmm. But as you know, it can be pornography alone. Yep. yep, you know, and it can be an addiction, a dopamine hit that when you start watching porn, and whenever you have that that. Um, uh, arousal or orgasm to something to an image you know be you become connected to that you have that dopamine effect that really hits your brain yep and that becomes your go-to medication when things get tough and people just think they can stop
0: Mm -hmm.
2: but to do it in the church we somehow have to make it um, very organic very um, open conversation uh, conversations about it so that people feel like they can come out Mm-hmm. And talk about it, and not have that shame, Yep. and not get kicked to the curb. You know, leadership in churches. You know, sometimes you know, leadership is scared. You pastors are scared to say something mm-hmm. because if they struggle, they're going to lose their job. Yeah. And there needs to be a safe place where we can all talk at different levels. You know, yep. with, with different people that are have uh, you know you feel safe with, and mm-hmm. and know who those people are. But be able to be out there sharing this and uh, speaking about it from the pulpit as well. Yeah. Our, our pastor is very good at that, and he's he's not he's not scared to, sh- to share about it and uh, talk about it a lot from the pulpit, which is very good. Make it a normalized conversation. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Yeah, yeah and I know that you shared your testimony from the pulpit at your church mm-hmm. as well. So yeah. that's yeah. powerful.
2: Yeah, it was a couple years ago. Yeah, we, we did actually. Um, I did mine early on, several years. Yeah, you know, it's probably five years ago now. Where I did mine for uh, starting the first group, mm-hmm. and, and that was, that was tough, uh, very tough. Then a couple years back, Michelle and I did it together. Mm-hmm. It's the first time we ever did it together, and that was tough. Mm-hmm. You know standing there sharing your testimony about what you did to the person that's standing right beside you. Yeah, the person you swore you'd protect the most. I can't imagine. Phew, it was tough. And, and then hearing her side of it, too. Mm-hmm. We've heard our sides individually. Mm-hmm. You know, Michelle tur- told hers that uh, I think it was the first retreat we had, the men's retreat, and that was pretty cool. Um, but it's, it's hard to hear that. It's hard to see that was me,
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know, and I caused this. You know, this stuff has such a ripple effect. We think it just affects us. You know, throw a pebble into the water and see the ripple effects. Mm-hmm. That's what this does. This, this is so far-reaching and affects so many people yep. other than just you and me.
1: Yeah. It affects so many people. Absolutely. And I was I was talking to somebody the other day, and when I said relapse, they didn't really understand what I was talking about. Because mm-hmm. they're like, well, a relapse is like when you relapse with a drug. But it's like, yeah, but this is a drug. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was trying to explain to them. Um, and I actually heard a really good uh, kind of way of describing it from somebody who actually says that they don't struggle with this. But they said, they were like, it's like taking the wires you know that God created and then reversing them and mm-hmm. switching them around mm-hmm. and being like you're taking control of those wires and mm-hmm. you're putting them where you want them. Right. But God doesn't want them there. No. <laughs> so no. you're going against your design mm-hmm. of of what God wants for you, what God wants for your life mm-hmm. and it clouds your mind, it clouds it your head, it clouds your judgment, it clouds your marriage, it mm-hmm. clouds um just a lot of different things. I I always tell people in group I'm like man, I feel like if I didn't watch so much pornography, I'd already have my own business and all these other things because, like, I wasted so much time doing mm. this. Mm-hmm. And I just, like you said, I thought it was, like, a normal thing that guys did for the yep. longest time. Yep. And then I realized that, like, when I tried to stop, I couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. And I was like, something's off here. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know why stop. I can't stop. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a normal thing. And right. that's that's the other problem, too, is, like, a lot of guys just don't talk about it. They do think it's a normal thing. Mm-hmm. And they're they're around talking about it at school, and they're just like, you know, it's just like what we do, boys. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And it's just, it's so against how we were created that um, it just, it gets into our spirit, you know? Yeah. It gets into... It becomes an idol. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. becomes an idol. Um, and yeah, I mean, my marriage wouldn't be... I don't even think I'd be married if I hadn't started healing from this because I was so scared of marriage. I was so scared mm-hmm. of like... because. I'd heard of divorces, I've heard of um things that I was already doing that were gonna go against my marriage. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. um watching pornography was one of the biggest things. I was like, I don't know if I can get married while watching pornography. Yeah. And so without starting this healing journey, um I don't think I'd be where we are now. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. <laughs> even Definitely a year not. and a half into marriage, Definitely I'm like, not. I just I I don't I don't see myself being where I'm at, and so this journey has been one of the most important things in my life, oh, yeah. and I'll probably be doing it for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. My first uh kind of like going into this journey, I was like, oh, like we read the game plan as like a 30-day mm-hmm. like healing from, which was just the kickoff, but at first I was like, man, it only takes 30 days? Yeah. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, right. No, <laughs> that's like, a I lifetime. Sh- I should have read this book earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's a lifetime of it healing is. Um and working through it, and um, yeah, I think... I'm, I'm excited about the journey because I know that I'm going to have these brothers by my side mm-hmm. for the rest of my mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. and so that it seems scary to think like, wow, this is really going to take the rest of my life. Like that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's like no, it's actually a good thing though. It's healthy, it's a healthy thing. It is a healthy. It's thing. complete opposite way of mm-hmm. the way that I was living before. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I but
2: really think too that. Um, you know, we talked you talked about early in marriage and you're scared to get married because of this and all. And I think churches and and I don't know, parents, but more churches and premarital counseling. you, know, you gotta hit this early. Mm-hmm. You know, we gotta talk about it in premarital counseling, bring it up and, and, and if it is an issue, um, and and the spouse doesn't know about it or the future spouse doesn't know about it, you know, and that that's the time to talk about it and to try to hit hit it hard then. And um, you know, like you said, it, it is a lifelong journey. But that's okay. Like you said, it's healthy men feeding us, you know, and uh, that's what we need. Holding each other accountable, and you know, it's like anything else. You know, a, how many alcoholics really go into a bar? Yep. Yeah, maybe some can and not have a drink. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it's a lifelong journey, yep. and um, it's it's our drug of choice. Um, not because we wanted it to be early on. Maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. We thought it's a, you know a moral problem that really did become a brain problem, but. Mm-hmm. You know, that was uh, our source of medication once we started using it. Yep. And, um, you know, we got to find healthy, godly choices yep. that are uh, our
1: source of medication. Mm-hmm. And look to him and look to other men and women for the women that are involved, too. Absolutely. So along those lines, like we've already talked a lot, a lot of this has been advice, but do you have any advice for a man or woman who may be struggling with this currently? mm mm-hmm. What kind of steps should they take? The
2: first thing they they should do is reach out to someone. You know, that's what we do. You know, like I said, the church took us on full time, um, so we do this all day, mm-hmm. every day, um, and that's our career now. And 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 we don't even charge. Faith Bible does not believe in charging for this service of helping others. Mm-hmm. They think it's for the, ki- you know, we think, we believe. Our belief is it's for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's bringing people back to Christ, maybe that have straight away. People that struggle with, with their faith because of what happened to them and how could they not see this. You know, but people have to, men, women, you know, even teens, have to be able to talk about it and go look for help because at some point in time you will be found out, mm-hmm. like I was. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't talk to somebody about it, and a lot of people will minimize, like we were talking pornography, oh, it's just pornography, it's what guys do, it's what girls do now. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not the way God intended sex to be. Yep. You know, you get into that object relation, you know, where you're just focused on the object that you see on a screen or or does things that aren't normally done in a healthy, godly marriage or you know, and instead of being in a relationship where people have value, you know, and so they need to be able to talk to somebody about it. Don't let the shame continue to drive the secrets. Get out there, talk to somebody, come to us, come to your church and your groups and mm-hmm. whatever church in your area has groups, you know, seek out groups, seek out people. If you seek out counselors, make sure they have sex addiction as part of their, and partner betrayal trauma, mm-hmm. as part of their training, because you, you need to have, they need to have experience to be yep. able to help you. Yep. And, and just continue to start walking the process and it starts with truth. Absolutely it starts with truth and getting it all out on the table because you
1: can't your secrets will keep you sick if you don't get them out there. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And that was one of the biggest things too. Um for me, I, I was like, I don't want to give up something. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to give up this medicine or drug mm-hmm. as we've been calling it is um I was like, I wanna hold on to this. This is something that's helped me. Mm-hmm. And even throughout my healing journey I've tried to go back and be like, I need it again, I need it again, you know. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm losing control, but really I'm losing control when I'm giving into pornography. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I know all my devices are protected now. Absolutely. (laughs) I got covenant eyes on everything. (laughs) Uh, I actually switched to, uh, an android recently just because iphone their security mm-hmm. is so tight that mm-hmm. Covenant eyes can't see everything on it yep um so i was like personally for me i'm not saying everybody has to do this but for me i was like i'm locking it down yeah. like i'm just yeah. i want Covenant eyes to screenshot everything on my phone i don't want to like even photos it screenshots mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. my buddy got a picture of me on the beach the other day because it saw the skin <laughs> on the, on the, <laughs> i was like i'm sorry man that's just me on yeah yeah but, uh, yeah, it's just key, and that's just another tool that goes yeah. with all of this stuff. Um, but I think it's a key to my it healing, is. too, it because is. we have these devices that we can carry around mm-hmm. now. Like you were saying when you started, it was a hard copy mm-hmm. of something, which, I mean, it started addictions, but nowadays you can literally just pull up your phone anywhere. Yep. You don't have to go into a store. You don't have to mm-hmm. buy it. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to do any so of that. Easily, it's, it's just right, right there. Right. And that's what also I think a lot of people that's what kind of justifies it because it's like, well, it's, it's on my phone. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I can watch it. It's, it's my Isn't thing, illegal, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my thing. I, it's just, it's just me. I'm, I'm only impacted by this, mm-hmm. but then you realize like when you get married one day, it's going to impact your marriage mm-hmm. if it's not already impacting. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. What do they say in the, in the Conquer series? third and fourth generation
2: mm-hmm. that we passed on what well, says in the bible yep and the conquer series that was one of the scariest yeah. things to mm-hmm. me when
1: i first heard that i was like that's crazy like i'm gonna i can pass this on mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's yeah it's real it is yeah yeah, yeah um do you want to plug your new podcast Do you do you, <laughs> do you know a name for it it's yeah? come to the table but i just saw after we
2: did that that there's about 15,000 come to the table podcast <laughs> but we're calling it the table podcast okay uh, i just put out a a kind of brief description of it yep. as the first quote episode but it's really just an intro cool but yeah it's on anchor and uh what's the other one out there i didn't get it signed up with all the other ones but yeah look at it yeah. on anchor and uh, check it out and we'll hopefully start adding to it we have come to the table ministry like we said youtube channel sweet uh our website's table ministry yep. um Go there and check out for the retreat that you talked about. Mm-hmm. My wife's having a, a retreat, Princess Warrior Retreat, for the women, which is in September. If anybody's out there, any women are out there that are looking for help uh, walking or navigating this journey of betrayal, whether it's pornography or, or affairs or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. You know, we got some great speakers coming for that, too. Um, and then, yeah, next March, we're having a conference at the church again. Sweet. has have some great speakers there. So awesome. We're, we're really out trying to. Get this out there. And that's yeah. the, that's one of the best things we can do is make it more normal that everybody can talk about it. Absolutely. It's everywhere. So if, if we keep getting healthy men sharing their healthy stories, that's going to help others come yeah. in the
1: light. So. Absolutely. Is that the worst, though, when you come up with a name and then you realize everybody else has <laughs> <Yeah>. a name? <laughs> yeah, well, just look for the table. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, Tom. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank, thank you too. so much for uh, driving all the me. way up here. Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. All right, man. Take care. See y'all. There's a pine sitting on a hollow
0: He seems to have the whole Right in front of him And everything he sings From the branch that he's sitting on It seems to hush the leaves And the colors all around Now first he sings And then he goes And what it means It's hard to know